Hi, everybody. My name is Raj Kara from morebusiness.com, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Jeff Kaplan. Jeff, a quick introduction. Hey, how's it going, Raj? Great to see you again. Good to see you. So just for background, everybody, this is uh, my best friend for decades. Jeff and I actually met many years ago in Mrs. Lavick's sixth grade class when we both moved to the same neighborhood together. That was a while ago, and we have kept in touch, and we're very close. And, uh, and as our careers have evolved, uh, uh, Jeff into executive coaching, mine into business, we actually found quite a few overlaps in what we're doing now. And today, we'd like to talk about leading with purpose, because it's such uh, an important part of management and, and success. And so, so Jeff, uh, that's actually one of your keynote talks, leading with purpose. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that means to you? Sure, well, there's two aspects of it, right? So there's leading with purpose for yourself. Why do you do what you do, right? And then there's leading with the organization's purpose. And with regard to the second one, it's making sure that what you do, how you speak, um, what you, how you make decisions is based on the organization's strategy, mission, vision, values, and priorities, as well as its employees. Um, with regard to the first one about purpose about your purpose. You know, whenever I do a training, I always put like the mission, the values and the vision of the organization as like the second slide, right? Because, and I encourage leaders to every meeting they have to make sure that they're reminding folks all the way throughout the, the sort of chain of command um, to help connect the purpose of what they do and how it serves the larger organization or its mission. Well, that's really important is to make sure that the purpose is really uh, something that resonates with, with yourself. Um, is there some overlap between passion and purpose or like how does someone define what their purpose is? Because sometimes we feel a little bit lost, honestly, you know, how do you find what your purpose is? Well, it's funny you say that. I think particularly in the last couple of years, I think more and more people are feeling lost. I mean, one of the things I think the Great Recession has done is it's had people reevaluate. I, I can't tell you many people, including two days ago, um, have been telling me lately that they're reevaluating. Um, they want to do what they've been doing if they want to work where they've been working. Um, so it's a great question. I, you know, many years ago, I used to recommend this book, The Calling, uh, which was really sort of, it was a book about, but also exercises to really get in touch with your calling. So one of the things I would recommend to folks is connect with a coach or could even be like a friend or colleague, like sort of like in our relationship mm -hmm. and really, you know, ask somebody like, why do you do what you do? And then like, well, what's important about that? And, you know, sometimes by asking the question, well, why, 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 even though why is usually not a great question in this context, it's a fantastic question because if you keep asking the different levels, eventually you get to the core of why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. And so that ties back into the purpose, right? So uh, how do you how do you align your purpose with the larger purpose of the organization? Sometimes, sometimes those don't fully align. So how do you find uh, that common ground? Yeah. So first, are you the CEO or are you somebody other than? Well, let's say we're talking to the executives right now, and then maybe we'll have a follow up on if you're not an executive. Right. So, you know, first thing before you even um, start with an organization, you want to check out their values, right? Their culture, not what they say it is, but what it really is, you know, talk to people on the ground floor. Um, and obviously if there's something that doesn't sit well, you need to kind of check that out, right? 
Um, you know, it's funny you say that, Jeff, actually, because one of the <laughs> one of the things that I I remember, you know, when I was a CEO uh, and I would interview people, the, the ones that I really wanted to hire would ask my staff, hey, what's Raj like to work with? And my staff would come back and say, well, so they're asking me what you would like to work with. And I'm like, well, I hope you're honest, first of all, because I don't want anybody to think one thing and then come in and experience something different. So um, so that was actually really interesting. So that's a good question if people are thinking about asking, like, what is the CEO like to work with? Right? Well, right. It, it's the people and and the culture that's embedded in the walls. Right. Because, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I say you want to find out, for example, about your reporting manager, but. Remember, that can change in a blink of an eye. I can't tell you many people who, you know, went to work with an organization because they really respected the leader and the leader was gone in three months. Right. And so uh, so you really want to kind of check both things out. But it starts there. There are gray areas at times, right, where you, you know, you may not be doing agree with, for example, all the decisions that come from the top. You might be thinking it's going the wrong direction. Um, but, you know, I would say at least eight times out of 10, you know, you should be able to resolve that. Right. And then, you know, if you need more information, if you need to have a conversation with the decision maker, with the decision maker, um, because at some point you need to embrace the direction if you're not the decision maker. Yeah. Right. And then you need to be all in. If you can't do that, then you need to be honest about that, both with the organization and yourself, and you need to start looking for a plan B. Let's let's take a deeper dive into leading with purpose then. So how do you know that you're on purpose? How do you know when you're not on purpose? So well, first of all, 44% of organizations, um, people in organizations say that they, uh, they lead with purpose, which leaves 56% that aren't. <laughs> um, so again, going back to, the organizational purpose, like you're making decisions, quite frankly, thousands of decisions every day. And leaders who make purposeful decisions are doing so with respect to well, what's the mission of the organization? Like, what are we up to here? Why are we here? Why do we exist? Right. And what are the values? Like we say that these are our top three values, for example. Right. So an example very recently is um, the CEO of a construction company, half billion dollar construction company in the Northeast. Um, decided he was going to change the helmets that the pavers um, wore when they were out on a job, right? They all they had helmets, right? And the helmets were had been industry standard and fine. They met all the requirements. But these new helmets, which, by the way, cost almost twice as much, um, and by the way, were really uncomfortable to wear at first, um, they were just a little bit better in terms of protecting one's head in the event of impact or a fall. As a result of that decision, one of my clients um, was telling me on a call that we had uh, not too long ago, he's like, yeah, one of my pavers had a car barreling at him about 50 miles per hour. Guy went flying into the air, came crashing down. Guy was in the hospital recovering from his injuries. Those accidents, unfortunately, happen more than one might think or certainly hope, um, but they're usually fatal. This one wasn't because the CEO made a decision that valued safety, which is one of the company's top three values, mm -hmm. over cost or convenience. That, my friend, is an example of leading with purpose. Leading with purpose. That's a great story. Um, and then so, you know, you mentioned that those like 44 percent of people say that they do lead with purpose. 
how do you know? Like, how do you know? Because that's, you know, sometimes we might. Um, you know, when uh, you don't. You. Sorry to cut you off, but you know, when you don't, right? You know, you, you, okay. Apathy, right? Apathy. So there's a, there's a, a, there's two versions of the stone cutter story from, it was ancient times. Like one came from China. I remember where the other one came from. But one version is where this guy's walking along and, uh, a bunch of these people sort of like just, you know, out there sweating it out 14 hours a day, you know, hot weather, you know, cutting stone. And uh, he asked this, you know, sort of grumpy, miserable <laughs> employee. And by the way, if you're grumpy and miserable every day at work, you know that you're probably not leading with uh, leading or working with purpose. <laughs> what is he doing? And he says, I'm cutting stone. And then he went to the second guy who's doing the same job. But this guy had a little bit more of a, of a smile. It was a little bit lighter. Um, he said, what are you doing? He says, well, he said, I'm cutting stone in order to make you know money to support my family. Right. So obviously family is a value. And he was able to sort of link, you know, he wasn't really doing something that felt purposeful, except for it had a purpose connected to it. Right. So minimally, you want to connect something that's important to you with the job that you're doing. That's sort of like the the second idea. But the first is he went to the third guy and he's like singing and jovial and was asked the question like what are you doing and he was like like so happy and he he said i'm making a cathedral oh right exactly <laughs> yeah it really connected with the purpose he was really joyful that he was uh he understood the big picture and his role in it yes and so as the leader like it's your job like you know do the town hall and say everybody see this picture this is what you're doing yeah. Right? And this is the purpose it's going to serve. And here's why it's important to us. And here's why it's important to the end user. Right. And then finding different ways every day to help people all, again at all levels of the organization and across roles and responsibilities to link what they do with the larger purpose. Now, listen, I get it. Um, you know, it can feel different um, if you're making decisions about sort of which populations to say yes to and which to say no to in terms of support versus say, you know, sweeping the floors. But even the person who's sweeping the floors, right, has a huge purpose. I can tell you, for example, when I go into a restaurant and, you know, I'm served great food, right, they, they you know, the, everybody in that restaurant serves a purpose that is helping me happy, be, be happy in that moment. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there is there's a leading with purpose that way, too. So now tell me, uh, give me an example of what leading. So you, you gave the story of um, of the uh, the helmets. So clearly, the, you know, the, the one of the company's values was safety. How do you uh, how do you get your entire team, your entire staff to really uh, embrace uh, the purpose of the organization? I mean, uh, so I've, I've worked with lots of nonprofits, very purpose-driven, uh, very mission-driven. And oftentimes the staff that's attracted to that organization has something, um, they're passionate about that mission too. In a corporate setting, that may be different. People sure. may be going there because, you know, the company's paying a really high salary or they got great options or something that's like, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're maybe not quite connected with the passion that they want, but they're, they're looking at it from a different perspective. How do you get everybody in the company or as many as you can, I guess, especially in larger organizations to really, um, to really feel the purpose of the company? Yeah, it's great. So first I, I, 
came to mind is show them, don't tell them, right? And there's different ways you can show them. So, you know, Wegmans, it's, it's been a while since I stopped tracking this. I know they're not number one right now, but they used to, for many years, be number one place to work, right? Uh, in terms of, you know, satisfaction by the employees. And they're a good example where one way that they show them is they put the money where their mouth is, right? So everybody from, you know, the top level executives down to the part-time high school student um, has some profit sharing into the organization, right? So that's one simple way that you can do it is you can sort of share on the profits. Another one is to ask for their input, right? So as the CEO, one of my top, one of my five tenets of a heart-based leader, one is purpose, but another one is engagement, right? And so as a CEO, are you sort of hiding out in the C-suite, you know, and just <laughs> meeting with, you know, the folks at one level down and, or are you out walking, you know, if it's Walmart, are you walking into the grocery stores? If you're, you know, manufacturing, are you at the, visiting the different plants, right? And, and then are you going up to folks and saying, hey, you know, uh, the machinist, for example, like, how's it going? What's keeping you up at night? How can we support you? Um, you know, tell me what's important to you, right? It, you know, what's one change you think that we could make that would make, A, your job easier, you would increase job satisfaction, but also would create greater efficiencies or, you know, effectiveness in, in, in the work that we do, right? And so there's put your money where your mouth is, there's ask for input, but there's a lot of different ways. And I got to tell you there, Raj, it kind of starts with who are you as a person, right? Because these things are pretty self-evident if you're somebody who has humility and cares deeply about the welfare of others, including the people that work in your organization, you will figure these things out. And even if you're not the most creative leader, you will find, you will ask people around you, hey, how can we you know, increase job satisfaction. For example, yeah, I think I think the uh, the, the whole idea of the you know the uh, the the market the, the management adage of uh, management by walking around is really uh, very valid. I know I used to do that all the time in my teams, um, and I would sometimes grab a grab a Snickers bar and start just walking around the office and say, "Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? What are you working on?" And we would just sit down and literally half an hour later come out with like so many ideas just simply by asking not a pre-scheduled meeting. Granted, this is much harder to do with the fact that we're like all, most of us are still virtual. Many of us are still virtual. Um, but sometimes uh, maybe scheduling some of those, hey, how are you doing check-in sessions are really, really important. Um, so yeah, I take that point really well. I like it. Um, what other kinds of things do leaders need to know to make sure that they're managing with purpose? Well, first they should ask themselves, right? So um, maybe start with checking how happy they are in what they're doing mm -hmm. um, and to ask themselves why, first of all, why did they get into that particular line of work to begin with? A lot of times, particularly when you're at the executive levels, because somebody started, you know, lower in the ranks, let's say it's a large organization, right? And so whether they're, you know, starting engineering or hospitality or, you know, whatever, and then they work their way up. So, you know, I, I do a lot of work in, um, academic healthcare. And so a lot of leaders are, right, like folks that were clinicians, you know, eons ago. Um, and, you know, it's, it's clear why they got, you know, into the field, right? Um, but it's a whole different skill set and it's a whole different job, right? And so one of the things that I know a lot of uh, senior, uh, either physician leaders or nurse leaders or others will do is they'll do something to try to stay connected to the work that they started with, right? Still 
doing some patient care and that kinds of things. So one of the things I would say is that um, as an executive, if you can find a way to fill, I'll just make it up five hours of your week with something that, you know, whether you're washing the dishes or sweeping the floors or meeting with, you know, patients or customers or whatever, I would highly, highly encourage you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of of CEOs manage, like they'll manage a a help desk line for an hour, a couple hours or something a week, just to hear what the customers are saying, just to experience what the the front line is actually uh, going through. So that's. uh, Yeah. And be with them, not even just hear them, but just be with them. Right. And not a checkoff list. Like I get, again, not everybody has an innate, an, an innate sense of like leading with purpose and leading with heart, you know, not everybody's in touch with their emotions and, you know, and that's fine. And, and, you know, a, a little bit, the analogy is coming to me is like the, you know, the spouses gets angry. So we should always remember when our anniversary is. And it's like, you know, and what I'm saying is like, yeah, but if dates aren't good for them, then they need to put it on the calendar, but they're putting it on the calendar and says, get flowers for spouse because they care. It, right. It, it, you know, in all the things that they're juggling in their mind, it may not be the first thing, but because they care, they put it on their calendar. Right. So, so, so I just want to say, so it might seem like a checkoff list, but if it's important enough, then they'll make sure that they do it regardless of whether it feels like you're just checking it off or whether they just remember automatically. So there's lots of benefits to leading with purpose. Right. And so, you know, uh, corporations, uh, are typically for profit. So they're looking to increase their margins, reduce their costs, reduce employee turnover. So there's a lot of implications of leading with purpose. So let's just talk about uh, a couple of them. Like what is what does that do for retention? It, it, yeah, so <laughs> retention is yeah. a big one. So um, I would tell you, so millennial, for millennials, it's the number one link to retention. Them feeling their sense of purpose, feeling emotionally connected to the work and to their manager is the number one factor in whether or not they stay at a job. And this is research-based. This is not like someone- This is, research, this like- is you know, one research, 67,000 folks, another, you know, 38 countries. I mean, there's, there's lots of research out there and millennials right now make up more than half of the workforce. So, you know, you better be paying attention to this stuff. Right? You know, if you're not now, you will soon or your organization is probably not going to last very long. Mm-hmm. And then there's other stuff that trickles down to the bottom line. So retention, clearly one, you, you reduce the cost of having trained new staff. You keep them, especially in light of the great resignation, which is really important to, to keep your best staff because uh, they are getting offers. Whether you want to hear it or not, they are getting offers from other people. Everybody's getting called by recruiters. So yeah. you really got to keep, keep an eye on it, keep them happy. Uh, but then that trickles to the bottom line too. It does. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you just mentioned one way it trickles about a lot, but you know, job satisfaction goes up. So performance goes up, right? There's, I mean, you know, so top line, bottom line, right? If you have, for example, happy salespeople, right? And then, you know, that's a good thing, right? Um, I mean, just look at, you know, just think of like some mom and pop, you know, uh, you know, store, I can give you, I remember back when I was in my doctoral program, there was a, you know, the, the University of Maryland, where we both went. Um, the, I'm sorry, my doctor friend was at uh, Temple, but there was, you know, a lot of food trucks, right? Like out across the campus, right? And I, 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 I worked at, uh, did some work at the health center. And right outside, there was just like one of these new little, small, very small, we'll call it trucks, right? And they served like bagels and coffee and stuff. 
And it was a married couple. And um, they were just so over the top happy, right? And they were just like so nice. And and I said to my colleagues, I said, watch as this uh, truck, as they as they as their customers would just continue, would just get like massive, like over time. And sure enough, in the first two years, like they had lines all over the place. It was bagels and coffee, right? You can get bagels and coffee all over the place, right? But it was like their just, you know, the way that they're, you know, the happiness of the relationship. Well, fast forward uh, that they ended up not uh, doing so well. Uh, in fact, they ended up closing down. And what happened was after two years, uh, I guess, in a confined space, don't know what was happening at home, but they started arguing to the, and they were like, you could just, I mean, it was like, they, they were just not happy as a couple. And it came out to the point I remember just came to me now, this is many years ago, like I wrote on a napkin, like some silly thing, like, um, I don't know, like, some, you know, like it's all okay or something like, and I literally hand them some note, like, like cheer up. It's okay. Like I was feeling bad for them. So the point being right, like when you're happy with your job with yourself, with the relationships at work. You know, people, there's research out there that says if you have a best friend at work, higher job satisfaction, higher income, quite frankly, um, then people notice and the company does does well. Yeah, and, and quite the opposite if you're not really happy because that'll affect uh, the way you talk to your customers, the way you talk to your staff. Uh, I'm a big believer in making sure your staff is happy first because your staff will then take care of your customers uh, and, and retain them as well. It's just yeah, I, it was, um, um, was it Herb Kelleher, Southwest Airlines? Um, it, uh, oh, no, it was um, uh, Branson, the Virgin, uh, Virgin Companies. Um, he said customers come second, employees come first. Yeah. Kelleher, I think, was also in the same, uh, he had the same thought process. Then. Well, he was. So Kelleher, I, 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 in my uh, keynote, and often I give this story, uh, is actually, I read this story in a book called Perfectly Yourself by uh, Matthew Kelly. Um, well, Kelleher, you know, founder uh, and former CEO of Southwest Airlines, um, he actually got a letter once from this disgruntled employee, right? And, you know, Southwest, right? like joking, you know, and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and this business traveler, I guess, didn't like the, you know, play of the, you know, yeah. student stewardesses, right? So yeah. he wrote a letter to CEO. Now who, you know, just complaining, he thought it was unprofessional. Yeah. And and Herb wrote back. I mean, he's kind of a busy guy, right? CEO. He actually yeah. writes back to this disgruntled employee. Yeah. And he stuck up for his employees with four simple words. Yeah. We will miss you. We'll miss you. I know the story is a fantastic story. And I think that is a perfect example of leading with purpose. So, well, exactly. Yes. Being really clear, right? Because they're thing, yeah. they, they were, they, they had three, you know, their top three values was, you know, like happy, you know, happy customers, you know, t time, right? Like uh, getting, being on time, right? And um, uh, cheap and, and, and expensive flights. And real quick, and hit, actually, this is a really good example. I said purpose is linked into decision making. So at one point, if you look at where they have hubs, you notice that they don't, I, I think they still don't have one in San Francisco. At least they didn't for the longest time. 
and they were offered to have a hub in San Francisco, which would have brought in, you know, tons more revenue and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he chose not to do it. Why do you, why, you want to guess why he, they chose not to do it? Family. Right. Well, there's a lot of fog in San Francisco, right? And so they couldn't guarantee being on time. And that was one of their top three values. But by knowing, again, remember, mission, vision, values, purpose, and priorities, right? By knowing their top values, right? On time, happy, you know, customers and cheap, like then even though that's going to bring in more money in the long term, it's going to water down our brand. So we said, no, this, you know, is why understanding your purpose and aligning that with your, deci your decisions with that is so critical. You know, I, uh, I have a little story with that. Uh, you know, a lot of times, um, customers would come to us and, you know, we built the, one of my last companies was an email marketing software platform and we'd have customers requesting specific features. And we looked at those initially when we started getting these feature requests, we thought, oh, this is great. We're getting customer feedback on what they want. Let's build it out. And then that way we'll get more customers because probably they want it too. And we realized that that was the wrong move. We realized what we really needed to do is just be true to the bulk of our customer base, not take one-on-one -on -one, like one-off requests from people and so they would uh they would say hey we really need this feature we need right. that feature and we realized that for some customers they are outgrowing us and that's okay because what we found is if we were true to to the customer base that we found to be in our sweet spot we actually found more people just like them and we grew you know ended up with tens of thousands of like actually like 70,000 uh, users um, over a period of years. And that was that was because we stayed true to who we were and didn't dilute uh, our products with all these extra bells and whistles that this customer or that customer and so on wanted. So we wanted to be very focused. It, so, I, before you go on, I just want to say, I mean, it's such a great point, right? Because um, it's both, right? And, you know, we all know that listening to your customers is really important. And, but also, you know, as the Herb Keller example, knowing who your customer is, is really yeah. important as well. That is very, <laughs> right. And, very, you know, very true. Yeah. And so, you know, leading with purpose and living with purpose means being really clear what to say yes to and what to say no to in terms of opportunities. So if there were a couple of key takeaways from our dialogue today, I think what you said was just one of them, right? Be really clear on what you can do, accept uh, to do, and what you will say no to. I think the yeah, every, really important. every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to everything else, yeah. right? And so if you know, so in your example, right, when you said, if you said yes to this particular feature, you know, does, what's the negative impact? Every solution has its own, brings with its own problems. Make sure that the problems it brings with it can e A, either easily be solved, or B, if they can't be solved, but they can sort of be mitigated, make sure it doesn't water down your key purpose. I, I mean, if there's one, I mean, I know this whole thing is about purpose, but like when you think about the last, whatever it's been 40 minutes since we've been speaking, like it, it almost like a um, stack in the deck, it just gets more and more clear, like why purpose is so important because it dictates the decisions that you make which decides the sustainability or not of your company and job satisfaction and all the other good stuff that comes with aligning your purpose with the work. Well, there you have it. Some, some uh, useful points to consider if you're struggling with leading with purpose uh, to help you get back on track. Jeff, thanks again for your time today. Really enjoyed our conversation and we will connect soon. Thanks, great to be here and I'll see you soon.